0: That's in the air, this took the out, Jarvis underneath it, will he catch it? He's got good hands,
1: he's got him, yes he has! Jarvis got him in the deep, having fumbled all night, he's taken the big one. And went miles in the air, he a
0: good catch. Couch Talk Hello and welcome to Couch Talk. Today's guest is the editor of Wisden as well as the Daily Mail's cricket correspondent, Lawrence Booth. He talks about the story he broke last summer about the Kevin Peterson texting South African players scandal, the responsibilities of cricket reporters in an ever-changing cricket environment, relationship of the English team with the media, and also the effects of social media, amongst other things. Welcome back to the show, Lawrence. Thank you very much. So since the last time you were on the show on Couch Talk, um, you have edited your second edition of Wisdom and more popularly, won the Sports Journalist Association's Scoop of the Year Award for breaking the uh, Kevin Peterson text message scandal story last summer. Congratulations. Uh,
1: thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: let's talk about KP's story. How do such stories get broken? Because, you know, text messages are supposed to be private.
1: Yes, that's uh, a good question, especially in the climate of um, phone hacking that has uh, been swirling around British journalism for the last uh, year or so. I can assure you, first off, it wasn't a piece of phone hacking. Mm -hmm. Um, The honest truth about most decent stories is that there's a a rather prosaic explanation behind them. Uh, In this case, I was told something on the the first morning of the Headingley test match. Someone had noticed something, uh, some interaction, came and told me. Uh, I went and asked someone else about... um, that interaction, they mm-hmm. came back and said, actually, there's a bit more to it than that. Um, you might want to check this out. I checked it out and, and eventually ended up with the, with the text story. So, I mean, that, that all sounds a bit cloak and dagger and secretive. I mm-hmm. sure truly appreciate I can't sort of name names or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's, I suppose you, you get an inkling that something's going on. Uh, and if you ask enough people or the right people, then, um, by and large, well, not by and large, but occasionally um, a story will turn up. So it's a question of, I wouldn't say it's creating your own luck, but it's putting yourself in the best position to um, turn up stories like that.
0: I mean, I understand, I understand that you can't reveal your sources or how you came up on the story, et cetera. Um, but what I would like to know is, how is that a story? Is it a story? I mean, without knowing the content of it, is it a story, On player texting Someone else from the opposition? Is that a story? I'm sure it happens all the time.
1: Um, no, a player texting a member of the opposition it in itself isn't a story. But if you know that the content of the texts is unflattering about your own teammates at an important stage of an important series when there were question marks over the state of the England dressing room and Peterson's role in it... Um, then that does become a story and would it have been a story it have been if it had been someone of lower profile in the England team james taylor say who came in and played at headingley well probably not you know i would have been less inclined to follow it up because i don't think the impact that the news value would have been mm-hmm. as as high as it was for peterson i mean you know you, you make that judgement as a journalist you you, you instinctively you, you hope you instinctively know whether a story is going to make an impact, and I, and I felt in that instance that it, it would.
0: I mean, uh, we know what happened in terms of the fallout of it uh, from the uh, Kevin Peterson and the uh, England Cricket Board perspective. What has been the fallout from your perspective? You know, because you broke a story, a very unflattering story about the biggest star in English cricket currently.
1: Yeah, well. <laughs> Not a huge amount, actually. Um, I, I didn't have a particularly close relationship with Peterson before I broke that story. He was hes fairly standoffish with with the written press, and I wouldn't say he was standoffish with me. We just didn't really have much of a relationship. So I knew I wasn't burning a bridge as such. There simply wasn't a, a bridge to burn. And, mm. I mean, he, he's now more, even more standoffish with the written press, the press conferences he gives, uh, Almost monosyllabic. He's, he's he's pretty touchy and tetchy. and but I, uh, you know, if he walks past me, we, <laughs> he'll look the other way generally. But that's fine. I can live with that. Um, I, I didn't expect to write that story and, and have him come and thank me for it. <laughs> but I, I, I made, <laughs> you know, I made a judgment. Some might say it was a, a fairly cynical or cold-hearted or callous judgment. But I made a judgment as a journalist that this was. Uh, an interesting story, and, and and in some ways an important one.
0: Hmm. So you mentioned that there was no bridge to be burned uh, in with respect to KP, but w- how would you react, or how is it generally um, a, such a situation where you have an existing good relationship with a player? and perhaps you've come across a story that may not be showing that player in a particularly good light. How do you make that call? Like, Do you report everything that you come across or do you hold back? How does that work?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. It's, it's, it's one that's central in a way to a lot of sports writing because I mean, it's, things have changed, put it that way. I mean, in 20, 30 years ago, the players in the press were, were much closer mm-hmm. and things seem to change in English cricket circles at least. I can't necessarily speak for other countries, but but when um, Ian Botham became uh, a celebrity and mm. he started making the front page as well as the back page uh, for his off-field exploits, and what happened was that newspapers started to send news reporters on cricket tours, not just the cricket writers. They wanted to catch Botham out. You know, there was the the famous 83, 84 tour of New Zealand, Chris and the Sex, Drugs and Rock and Roll tour. And, mm-hmm. and if you read the tabloids, you'd think that all the players did on that trip was, was smoke pot and... Um, Chat up the local women, um, and as a result, the players became, understandably, I think, um, uh, more suspicious of the press. Um, it was perhaps a little unfair on the cricket writers who, who have never written about players' private lives. You know, the cricket writers will see a lot of things on tour that they just regard instinctively as off limits. Mm-hmm. If I, I've been on, you know, in bars on tour and stuff, and I've seen married players or players in relationships with, with girls who look like they're um, local girls, and they've just met them or whatever, and I, but, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it as my place to judge them by writing a story on it. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the the personal stuff you don't see as your job. Professional stuff. Well, I, I suppose it's a, this is a long-winded answer to your question, but I, my own approach, and, and people do it differently, but my own approach is to try and keep a certain distance from the players, a professional distance, if you like, which means that if I'm forced to write critically about them, well, not forced, but if I choose to write critically about them, as as you always do about any player over the course of a long career, then they're not going to turn around and say to me, I thought you were my mate, how could you write that? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to put myself in that position. So it's natural that you you like some players personally more than others, because that's human nature. It's like you like colleagues more than others or whatever. Um, but you, you hope that that won't cloud your your professional judgment. <laughs> that said, we all like to think we're objective, um, and we're probably not. You know, does does objectivity really exist in that sense? And, and can we at times in sports journalism take ourselves too seriously? I think that's another, another strand to the, the discussion.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting thought that, you know, when you're a cricket writer on tour, you see things not so pleasant, not so, you know, good about the players, whatever. Uh, and you say you won't judge them and, you know, that doesn't, in your opinion, that does, that's not news. But, you know, who defines what is news? It's, it's just, just a personal thing uh, because, say, for example, a, a particular player um, who is married and with kids and stuff is carousing around and womanizing or whatever. Perhaps it is news in the current celebrity culture that we live in Perhaps it is news, may not be cricket news, but it's still news about a cricketer. So, you know, as a cricket writer, I mean, it is a piece of information, a piece of perhaps explosive information. What I'm asking is, when is a scoop a scoop?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fair question. Um, I suppose a couple of things. One is that I, I personally don't have much interest in players' private life. Mm-hmm. So if I see them carousing around or have you described it then <laughs> I kind of think that that's up to them I, I may ha- I may have a, a fleeting thought that I I think well that's a shame for the girlfriend or wife or the kids or whatever but I but again you know I might have that in all walks of life and I, I don't necessarily think it's relevant to the story I'm covering which is the the England cricket team that's that's my job essentially is to is to report on stuff that's relevant to the story of the England team. And and to to go back to the Peterson text story, that seemed to me relevant because it said something about the state of the dressing room at a crucial stage of the series that their star player felt alienated. And the texts were were a symptom of his sense of alienation from that team. If it wasn't the text story, it would have been something else. Something else would have blown up. It just happened to be that. But, But, you know, when I did that story, I, I wasn't judging Peterson. I just, it, it just happened to be a story that mm-hmm. I felt as a journalist I, I couldn't possibly ignore. The private life stuff, well, everyone, everyone's relationships work in different ways, don't they? And I don't see it as my place to judge, judge a guy for behaving in a certain way, even if I wouldn't necessarily behave that way myself.
0: Uh, okay fair enough in terms of uh, making personal judgments you know if you say, say that you know you are there to report on the england cricket team and the dynamics within the cricket team let's say i mean and this is not this is not anything new because you know there have been situations where you know a player's uh, girlfriend or a partner got interested in a teammate of his and then they got married or whatever you know this has happened before within cricket teams yeah would that be, as a cricket writer, because that affects the dynamic of the dressing room, you know, two mates. Yeah, yeah. So is that cricket uh, news and is it worth reporting on?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, I think when it does affect the dynamics of the team, you could make a stronger case for saying that uh, that, that particular pers- aspect of the player's personal life it does become relevant. Um, you'd also have to make a call as a journalist, and this goes back to your original question about my relationship with with KP and so on as to whether you would then be considered absolutely persona non grata by the entire dressing room.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, Now with Peterson, I I made a bit of a judgment and my judgment was that one guy would probably never speak to me again and I asked myself, could I deal with that professionally? And I thought I probably could. Um, if If you get a reputation as a journalist for Digging around in players' private lives, and I think the whole dressing room would um, would close ranks on you, and it would be professional suicide. So there is an element of 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 calculation there, um, I guess, as there is in any job. So yeah, you you, you know, you have to weigh all these things up.
0: Hmm. Does a cricket reporter or any other news reporter? Do they make public everything that he or she comes across, or do they hold back under what circumstances?
1: No, they absolutely don't. I mean, I think the best journalists probably know an awful lot more than they can write because Mm. you're told a lot of stuff off the record. You know, the best information you get is generally off the record, um, and it's told to you on the understanding that the quote won't be attributed to that person. Sometimes they, they don't even want the background information used, so... You know, you have to be very careful about how you, you use information that you're told. You can allude to stuff. I mean, I know it, it, it frustrates readers sometimes, <laughs> and, it's, and they say, oh, journalists can't reveal his sources. That must mean he's just made it up. Um, or, oh, journalists being all precious about their sources and so on. But <laughs> the reality is if you start betraying your sources, you've got nowhere to go in journalism. You won't get any more stories. So you have to, you have to um, balance those equations out.
0: What do you mean by that? I mean, I would like you to go into a little bit more detail. Um, you know, from my personal knowledge, uh, you know, how does all the dynamic happen? You know, like what are the things that you need to avoid? I mean, of course, you don't want to name the sources, but beyond that,
1: well, that's the main one, really. If you're told something in confidence, um, you'd be a fool to um, to betray that source because a, it's not a very nice thing to do. <laughs> for first up. Um, and secondly, there's a professional reason, which is they, they'll never talk to you again, and word will spread quickly within cricket circles that you're not to be trusted. So you, you have to write any story in such a way that it's not clear to the reader where it's come from. Um, and look, if you, if you write a series of stories where you're quoting anonymous sources or whatever, or mm-hmm. uh, and, and th- those stories prove to be incorrect, then you will lose your credibility as a journalist. But if you're if you're doing stories that where well, you, you're not allowed to, where well, you, you feel you can't quote people, and, the, and they, they, they're they vindicated, then you hope that the reader notices that, and you're, you're building up a relationship with the reader as much as you are with with players, uh, and try and hoping you get a you get a you get trust from people. So it can be quite a slow process, and I, I know readers find it frustrating sometimes that journalists can't explain fully where they got stuff from, but. Um, I'm sure they appreciate that there, there are good reasons for that.
0: Okay. Can a journalist not publish a story because they think it will reflect bad on, uh, you know, their favorite team or a player? If so, you know, who makes the decision? Is that just the journalist, or is there, uh, you know, there's a whole editorial uh, staff that sit and discuss the pros and cons? How does it work?
1: Well. It- it would generally be the journalist because the journalist would have got the story. Um, I mean, if, if the whole, if your sports desk were all aware of a story, you'd think, well, it's probably before you. You'd think, well, it can't be a very good story because people who aren't even within the, the, the circle of, of, of people following the England cricket team around know about this. So, you know, that, that, that sort of scenario wouldn't arise really in terms of your favourite, reflect badly on your favourite team, well, you can't afford to think like that mm-hmm. as a journalist. You can, you can instinctively want a certain team to win, which is fine, I think. It's sport and it's fun and we all got into it because we, we love cricket and we supported teams and so on, but you can't, can't let your, your sort of judgment as a journalist be affected by which team you want to win um, or indeed which player is going to suffer as a result of your story, um, though of course I'm, we go back earlier to the judgments you have to make on that, but you know it's interesting. I think it's 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 probably a, a, even a little more fraught in India, where it's hard for for Indian cricket writers to write negative pieces about, for example, Sachin Tendulkar, mm-hmm. because they they know full well that access to him, such as it is, will be will be made even harder if they're seen to be critical of him. I think that from what I've told by Indian colleagues. Uh, the most critical anti-Sachin story that's come out was was about the the Ferrari he had, or of course, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. And there was a question of whether it was a gift or he was he should have paid any tax on it. Mm. And this story was written by a news reporter for the Indian Express, not a cricket journalist, but a news reporter. And as a result of that, the cricket writers on the Indian Express um, got very little access to Sachin afterwards. So they were being punished, in effect, for the the um, audacity. Uh, of, of, their, of their news colleague for criticising Sachin. So you can see how players or people around players, certainly as big as Sachin, um, can, can kind of control the media if the media are willing to play that game. And I think it's more of an issue in India where an interview, an exclusive interview with a player is has greater currency and value than it does in England, where footballers are the guys that mm. people want exclusive interviews with. You might get the odd cricketer in the Ashes summer, in an Ashes summer especially, but but by and large, we're we're under slightly less pressure, I would say, than our Indian colleagues to um, to get these relationships right.
0: I mean, it's interesting you brought in the Indian uh, point of view, the J- Indian journalist point of view, because the way the setup is right now, you know, any time of the day, there could be a gag on the player and the support staff, coaching staff, everybody, and there is no one talking to anyone. So if there is anyone talking, it's completely off the record, unnamed sources. Even press conferences are quite uh, severely controlled. How does a journalist deal with, you know, you still have to, as a cricket writer, you still have to get out the stories. But how do you do that in, in a situation where you may not have as much cooperation, because you need the players to cooperate with you to produce stories.
1: Yeah, well, I guess in in that instance, you hope that you've built up enough contacts over the years uh, for you to be able to approach players directly and take sponsors or the BCCI media team out of the equation. You know, that takes a lot of work, and I think that side of journalism isn't always sort of appreciated by people who read cricket. I'm not saying everyone deserves a medal, I'm just explaining (laughs) explaining the situation, that if access is, is made harder for you, then you have to rely on the network of, of sources, contacts, players that you've built up over the years to, to help you out. It's it's one of the regrets at the moment of English cricket journalism that, that the players are increasingly inaccessible mm. to us. Um, they'll only speak at press conferences and for sponsored interviews. Very occasionally you'll get a, an unsponsored interview, but it's it's, it's rarer and rarer because... They regard their media duties now as the stuff they have to do if they're speaking at the end of a day's play or, or the sponsored stuff, which obviously they're being paid. So in, the, in their view, why should they have to do stuff for free for, for us buggers who are just going to turn them over and write nasty things about them anyway? That's the sort of view they have of us generally, to, to, to,
0: I mean, the, to put it crudely. That's something that I wanted to know, because in your career, how has the... Uh relationship between the england team the players uh, management and the board and the uh, cricket journalists slash news uh, news reporters how has that morphed and because from what you just said it looks like it's ecb is also moving towards um, where the indian board and the indian players are
1: yeah it's got worse it's partly a function of greater sponsorship so their their appearances are are sort of corralled into speaking for buxton water or whoever yorkshire tea but also i think t- twitter social media has changed changed the roles of, of journalists they, there's less need probably for the middleman to report uh, a player's words to the public um you go on Crick info you know the first time players can put their own views out on twitter if they like they sometimes get into trouble but they can do it and they can you know if someone writes a what they regard as an unfair representation of the interview they did with them. They can go straight on Twitter and say, that's not what I said mm-hmm. uh, or the old favorite I was taken out of context and they, they can do it that way. So, you know, the, the, the role of the journalist is, is changing. And I think some journalists are obviously uneasy about that. They feel, they feel threatened by it, but that's not to say that uh, a journalist still can't write a, a nice piece or tell a, tell an exclusive story or, or, or do a, a revealing interview which mm-hmm. you know tease stuff out of the player that the player might not themselves have presented if they just presented themselves on 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 social media so relations have got worse because i get i guess partly because the the press we don 't contribute financially to the, the the health or wealth of english cricket sky sky do, and rightly they get they get a good deal of access for mm. For the players, but I suppose the written press are regarded as the troublemakers who are always trying to sniff around and cause problems. But of course, the the more you limit the access between the, the players and the press, then the, the more that is going to happen. And I think I think that's an unfortunate byproduct of of this idea that we're not supportive of the team, that we're simply parasites um, who are there to get our, our free lunch and and write critically about the, the England players, whereas. I would say that English cricket needs all the publicity it can get in in their newspapers because football is so dominant mm-hmm. you know, even even in the non football season you get sort of boring transfer stories and <laughs> someone's some goalkeeper's broken a toenail or something and it's sort of back page news that's' an exaggeration of course, but cricket needs all the all the help they can get it. It's not, not the case in India, where obviously Sachin Tendulkar burps and its back-page um, headlines. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a balancing act, and I think it's one that the England, the ECB, uh, are not getting right at the moment. Hmm.
0: As you mentioned, social media has, um, it has taken the journalist out of the equation in conveying the story from the player to the fans, and the fans can correspond directly with them. Uh, the, con- the professional conduit that was the reporter slash journalist is getting a little obviated. You said uh, some journalists take it, they have not taken kindly to it. I mean, right now I can sit in the States, I can look at Twitter streams of all these players and I can write my blogs and, you know, blah, blah, blah. How does your profession and the professionals survive?
1: Well, I guess there'll always be a need for journalists, I think, despite what I've just said and despite the... role changing. Um, I think journalists have to adapt and they have to see themselves as commentators if you like. Mm -hmm. So that that that, that requires a certain amount of trust on the part of the readers that they're actually interested in what this person has to say about the game. So, you know, you live and die by, by the quality of your work in that respect. Or you get exclusive stories based on your proximity to the team, whether it's a home series or on tour. Because you pick up so much off the record, even just if you get in the lift with a coach and you there's something you're trying to find out and you you ask a question, they give you an answer, then you, you you might think you have the basis for or you can stand up your story or whatever. But these, that's, that's where the professional journalist obviously has the advantage over a blogger who is who's simply reacting to stuff that they're seeing from a distance. Mm-hmm. Journalists don't need to be you know apologetic about that. I don't think they need to feel insecure. About the way things are going necessarily, but it does require them to, to adapt to the way things are going. Everyone can now see what's going on and make their own judgments and have a bit more contact with the players on Twitter, though I, I remain to be convinced that that contact is, is in any way meaningful. And I think the good journalists will, will uh, always be there. People will always want to read news and they'll always want to read the opinions of people they respect.
0: Uh, one last thing I want to talk about is the way our Culture, the way we, the kind of news and the way we consume news, has changed dramatically in the last 10, 15 years because of all the technology. And um, the kind of news that we want to read or people want to, or seem to be produced anyway, because you know one feeds the other, uh, is you know, for example, you take the uh, Shane Warren tabloid stories. I mean, that would be off the charts right now if it were to happen in the era of Twitter whatever, you know, stuff that used to happen when he was on tour in England. And, you know, it would be off the charts. Um, and you see websites, or cricket uh, cricket websites, rather, uh, you know, they incorporate a whole lot of social media into it. You know, there are Twitter reports, this and that. The established way of how cricket was reported and what was reported has dramatically changed. So what do you, as a journalist, have to do to adapt yourself to that and stay ahead
1: of it um well i think a lot of it comes down to quality i think there is a there's a vast quantity of voices on cricket at the moment out there and there's almost too much you get swamped by it don't you i mean i I saw Mm -hmm. fans feel that way sometimes so you just have to ensure that your your stuff is still readable and relevant and and interesting. Um, you, you can't do much more than that, really. Like I said, you 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 stand or fall by the quality of your work. If you can get the odd exclusive, and great. I mean, exclusives are harder to come by because most pieces of news are on Twitter within minutes, and they they spread around the world so quickly. It's hard to keep something to yourself for the next day's paper. I mean, you can break it on the web if you like, but it's, it's a lot harder because we're all. Hitting so many deadlines mm. as well each day, sort of keeping up the web stuff, so it's actually you actually have less time to go and dig around for stories than you, you used to. But I, I guess you just have to have a trust in people who consume the cricket media that they'll go to the people that they, they trust and and most like reading. So as a professional journalist, if you can't if you can't sort of outdo uh, the the non-professionals, then um, suggest you may be in the wrong job. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Lawrence, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. That's in the air. This could be out. Jarvis underneath it. Will he catch it? He's got good hands. He's got it Yes, he has. Jarvis got him in the deep. Having fumbled
1: all night. He's taking the big one. And we're now in the air. We're now in the air. we Couch Talk.